Welcome to Quantum Magazine's podcast. Each episode, we bring you stories about developments in science and mathematics. I'm Susan Vallett. In a series of breakthrough papers, theoretical physicists have come oh so close to resolving the black hole information paradox that has toyed with them for nearly 50 years. They now say with confidence that information does escape a black hole. that you jump into a black hole. It seems like you might be gone with a poof, but you won't be gone for good. Particle by particle, the information needed to reconstitute your body will reemerge. Most physicists have long assumed it would. That was the upshot of string theory, their leading candidate for a unified theory of nature. But even though the new calculations are inspired by string theory, they stand on their own. Information gets out through the workings of gravity itself, just ordinary gravity with a single layer of quantum effects. This is a peculiar role reversal for gravity. Einstein's general theory of relativity says the gravity of a black hole is so intense that nothing can escape it. Stephen Hawking and his colleagues in the 1970s developed a more sophisticated understanding of black holes, but it didn't question this principle. Hawking and others tried to describe matter in and around black holes using quantum theory, but they continued to describe gravity using Einstein's classical theory. It's a hybrid approach that physicists call semi-classical. Although the approach predicted new effects at the perimeter of the hole, the interior remained strictly sealed off. Physicists figured that Hawking had nailed the semi-classical calculation. Any further progress would have to treat gravity as quantum. The authors of the new studies dispute this. They've found additional semi-classical effects, new gravitational configurations that Einstein's theory permits, but that Hawking didn't include. These effects are muted at first, but they come to dominate when the black hole becomes extremely old. The hole transforms from a hermit kingdom to a vigorously open system. Not only does information spill out, anything new that falls in is regurgitated almost immediately. The revised semi-classical theory has yet to explain how exactly the information gets out, but theorists already have hints of the escape mechanism. Donald Marolf of UC Santa Barbara is one of the co-authors of the study. So we've been kind of fumbling around in the dark for the last, well, really almost since Hawking's original discovery of the effect in the early 70s, getting close to 50 years now with just kind of guessing and arguments, we need something, we don't have it, so maybe information is lost, what's the deal? And suddenly, we have this place to look that, okay, maybe we don't fully understand what's going on yet, but at least there is a calculation that can be done using the gravitational path integral, which is something that we more or less understand, or at least we understand some of the principles behind it, that gives the page herd that shows information coming back out. That is the most exciting thing that has happened in this subject, I think, since Hawking. Marolf also says, to be fair, there were other discoveries that seemed exciting at the time and then, in the end, didn't pan out. I think it's a landmark calculation to get the page curve despite the fact that it's not answering all the questions. That's Eva Silverstein of Stanford University, a leading theoretical physicist who wasn't directly involved. It's cause for celebration, right? 
but the authors say they also feel let down. They worry they might have solved this one problem without achieving the broader closure they wanted. Jeff Pennington is an assistant professor of physics at UC Berkeley. The hope was that if we could answer this question, if we could see the information coming out, in order to do that, we would have had to learn about the microscopic theory. We'd have had to learn about far more than just the effective theory. But it turns out the original intuition was right all along, that the effective theory does know the answer to that question. And so that means even though we've answered that question, we haven't got much closer to really understanding the fundamental theory of everything. Meaning the fully quantum theory of gravity. What it all means in a pandemic is a flurry of debates via Zoom calls and webinars. The work is highly mathematical. It strings together one calculational trick after another in a way that is hard to interpret. Wormholes, the holographic principle, emergent space-time, quantum entanglement, quantum computers. Nearly every concept in fundamental physics makes an appearance. That makes the subject both captivating and confounding. And not everyone is convinced. Some still think that Hawking got it right, and that string theory or other novel physics has to come into play if information is to escape. Nick Warner studies black holes at the University of Southern California. He has some reservations. For me, if you restrict quantum mechanics and gravity, you're left with that terrible problem that we've had for 40 years, which is this no good choice. And so I'm very resistant to people who come in and say, oh, I've got a solution in just quantum mechanics and gravity, because, you know, it's taken us around in circles before. The core of the issue was a repackaging of an old conundrum, I think. So my own highly opinionated prejudicial view of this is that if you just do quantum mechanics and gravity, you're not going to find the answer. But many others appear to agree on one thing. In some way or another, space-time itself seems to fall apart at a black hole. This implies that space-time is not the root level of reality, but an emergent structure from something deeper. Although Einstein conceived of gravity as the geometry of space-time, his theory also entails the dissolution of space-time. That's ultimately why information can escape its gravitational prison. Don Page, a physicist at the University of Alberta in Canada, first studied black holes when he was a graduate student in the 1970s. His studies were key to his advisor, Stephen Hawking's, realization that black holes emit radiation, the result of random quantum processes at the edge of the hole. Put simply, a black hole rots from the outside in. The particles it sheds appear to carry no information about the interior contents. If a 100-kilogram astronaut falls in, the hole grows in mass by 100 kilograms. But when the hole emits the equivalent of 100 kilograms in radiation, that radiation is completely unstructured. Nothing about the radiation reveals whether it came from an astronaut or from a lump of lead. That's a problem. Because at some point, the black hole emits its last ounce and ceases to be. All that's left is a big cloud of particles zipping around at random. It would be impossible to recover whatever fell in. That makes black hole formation and evaporation an irreversible process, which appears to defy the laws of quantum mechanics. 
Hawking and most other theorists at the time accepted that conclusion, but Page was annoyed because irreversibility would violate the fundamental symmetry of time. In 1980, he broke with Hawking and argued that black holes must release or at least preserve information. That caused a schism among physicists. Page says most general relativists seem to agree with Hawking, while particle physicists tend to agree with Page. But in 1992, Page and his family spent their winter vacation in Southern California. Page spent a lot of time on that break thinking about the problem. That's when he realized that both groups had missed an important point. The puzzle wasn't just what happens at the end of the black hole's life, but also what leads up to it. Page considered an aspect of the process that had been relatively neglected: quantum entanglement. The emitted radiation maintains a quantum mechanical link to its place of origin. If you measure either the radiation or the black hole on its own, it looks random. But if you consider them jointly, they show a pattern. It's like encrypting your data with a password. The data without the password is gibberish. The password, if you've chosen a good one, is meaningless too. But together, they unlock the information. Page thought that maybe information can come out of the black hole in a similarly encrypted form. Page calculated what that would mean for the total amount of entanglement between the black hole and the radiation. That's a quantity known as the entanglement entropy. At the start of the whole process, the entanglement entropy is zero, since the black hole hasn't yet emitted any radiation to be entangled with. At the end of the process, if information is preserved, the entanglement entropy should be zero again, since there's no longer a black hole. Page was curious how the radiation entropy would change in between. Initially, as radiation trickles out, the entanglement entropy grows. Page reasoned that this trend has to reverse. The entropy has to stop rising and start dropping if it's to hit zero by the end. Over time, the entanglement entropy should follow a curve shaped like an inverted V. Page calculated that this reversal would have to happen roughly halfway through the process, at a moment now known as the Page time. This is much earlier than physicists assumed. The black hole is still enormous at this point, nowhere near the subatomic size at which any presumed exotic effects would show up. The known laws of physics should still apply, and there's nothing in those laws to bend the curve down. With that, the problem got much more acute. Physicists had always figured that a quantum theory of gravity came into play only in situations so extreme that they sounded silly, like a star collapsing to the radius of a proton. Now, Page was telling them that quantum gravity mattered under conditions that, in some cases, are comparable to those in your kitchen. Page's analysis justified calling the black hole information problem a paradox instead of merely a puzzle. It exposed a conflict within the semi-classical approximation. David Wallace, a philosopher of physics at the University of Pittsburgh, explains it this way: The Page-Time paradox seems to point to a breakdown 
of low energy physics in a place where it has no business breaking down because the energies are still low. Page's clarification of the problem actually paved the way to a solution. He established that if entanglement entropy follows the Page curve, then information gets out of the black hole. In doing so, he transformed a debate into a calculation. Now, physicists just had to calculate the entanglement entropy. If they could pull it off, they'd get a straight answer. Does the entanglement entropy follow an inverted V or not? If it does, the black hole preserves information, which means particle physicists were right. If it doesn't, the black hole destroys or bottles up information, and general relativists win. Yet, even though Page spelled out what physicists had to do, it took theorists nearly three decades to figure out how. Over the past two years, physicists have shown that the entanglement entropy of black holes really does follow the Page curve, indicating that information gets out. They did the analysis in stages. First, they showed how it would work using insights from string theory. Then, in papers published in fall of 2019, researchers cut the tether to string theory altogether. The work began in earnest in October of 2018, when Ahmed Almiri of the Institute for Advanced Study laid out a procedure for studying how black holes evaporate. Almiri and eventually several colleagues applied a concept first developed by Juan Maldacena in 1997. Imagine it this way. A universe is encased in a boundary, like a snow globe. Apart from having a big wall around it, the interior is basically like our universe. It has gravity, matter, and so forth. The boundary is also kind of like a universe. It doesn't have gravity, and being just a surface, it lacks depth. But it makes up for that with vibrant quantum physics, so it's as complex as the interior. These two universes look totally different, but they're perfectly matched. Everything in the interior, or bulk, has a counterpart on the boundary. And even though the geometry of the bulk is unlike the geometry of our own universe, this ADS-CFT duality has been string theorists' favorite playground ever since Maldacena introduced it. By the logic of this duality, if you have a black hole in the bulk, it has a simulacrum, or representation of itself, on the boundary. The boundary is governed by quantum physics without the complications of gravity. That means it preserves information. So the black hole must preserve information, too. When researchers set out to analyze how black holes evaporate in ADS-CFT, they first had to overcome a slight problem. In ADS-CFT, black holes don't evaporate. Radiation fills the confined volume like steam in a pressure cooker, and whatever the hole admits, it eventually reabsorbs. Basically, the system reaches a steady state. To deal with that, Almiri and his colleagues put the equivalent of a steam valve on the boundary. This would bleed off the radiation and prevent it from falling back in. Essentially, it sucks the radiation out because the radiation's warmer, so it's going to go into the colder system. That's Netta Engelhart of MIT and also one of Almiri's co-authors. The researchers plopped a black hole at the center of the bulk space, began bleeding off radiation, and watched what happened. 
To track the entanglement entropy of the black hole, they drew on the more granular understanding of ADS-CFT, developed in the past decade. Physicists are now able to pinpoint which part of the bulk corresponds to which part of the boundary, and which properties of the bulk correspond to which properties of the boundary. The key to relating the two sides of the duality is what physicists call a quantum extremal surface. Basically, imagine blowing a soap bubble in the bulk. The bubble naturally assumes a shape that minimizes its surface area. The shape doesn't need to be round because the rules of geometry don't have to be like the ones we're familiar with. So the bubble is a probe of that geometry. Quantum effects can distend it too. By calculating where the quantum extremal surface lies, researchers obtain two important pieces of information. First, the surface carves the bulk into two pieces and matches each to a portion of the boundary. Second, the area of the surface is proportional to part of the entanglement entropy between those two portions of the boundary. So the quantum extremal surface relates the geometric concept of area to a quantum concept of entanglement. It provides a glimpse into how gravity and quantum theory might become one. But when researchers used these quantum extremal surfaces to study an evaporating black hole, a strange thing happened. Early in the evaporation process, they found, as expected, that the entanglement entropy of the boundary rose. Because the hole was the only thing inside space, the authors deduced that its entanglement entropy was rising. In terms of Hawking's original calculations, so far so good. Suddenly, that changed. A quantum extremal surface abruptly materialized just inside the horizon of the black hole. Initially, this surface had no effect on the rest of the system, but eventually it became the deciding factor for entropy, leading to a drop. The researchers compare it to a transition like boiling or freezing, says MIT's Netta Engelhart. The transition between the two, it's sort of like a phase transition. So we think of this as a changing phase, sort of analogous to thermodynamic phases between gas and liquid, between paramagnetic and ferromagnetic. We think of that as kind of a similar phase transition. It's analogous to it. It's not the same thing, but it's analogous to it. That is essentially what happens here as well. It meant three things. First, the sudden shift signaled the onset of new physics not covered by Hawking's calculation. Second, the extremal surface split the universe in two. One part was equivalent to the boundary. The other was a realm about which the boundary had no information. This indicated that bleeding radiation from the system was having an effect on its information content. Third, the position of the quantum extremal surface was significant. It was located just inside the horizon of the black hole. As the hole shrank, so did the quantum extremal surface, and with it, the entanglement entropy. That would produce the downward slope that Page predicted, the first time any calculation had done that. By showing that the entanglement entropy tracked the page curve, the team was able to confirm that black holes release information. It dribbles out in a highly encrypted form made possible by quantum entanglement. In fact, it's so encrypted that it doesn't look as if the black hole has given up anything. But eventually the black hole passes a tipping point where the information can be decrypted. 
The research, posted in May of 2019, showed all this using new theoretical tools that quantify entanglement in a geometric way. Even with these tools, the calculation had to be stripped to its essence to be doable. The bulk in this ADS-CFT universe had just a single dimension of space, for example. The black hole was not a big black ball, but a short line segment. Still, the researchers argued gravity is gravity, and this should hold for the real universe. In August of 2019, Almiri and another set of colleagues took the next step and turned their attention to the radiation. They found that the black hole and its emitted radiation both follow the same page curve, so that information must be transferred from one to the other. The calculation doesn't say how it's transferred, only that it is. As part of the work, they discovered that the universe undergoes a baffling rearrangement. At the outset, the black hole is at the center of space and the radiation is flying out. But after enough time has passed, the equations say particles deep inside the black hole are no longer part of the hole anymore, but part of the radiation. They've not flown outward, but have simply been reassigned. This is significant because these interior particles would ordinarily contribute to the entanglement entropy between the black hole and the radiation. If they're not part of the black hole anymore, they no longer contribute to the entropy, explaining why it begins to decrease. The authors dubbed the inner core of radiation the island and called its existence surprising. What does it mean for particles to be in the black hole but not of the black hole? In confirming that information is retained, the physicists eliminated one puzzle only to create an even bigger one. So far, the calculations presumed the ADS-CFT duality, the snow globe world, which is an important test case, but ultimately somewhat contrived. The next step was to consider black holes more generally. The researchers drew on a concept that Richard Feynman developed in the 1940s, Known as the path integral, it's the mathematical expression of a core quantum mechanical principle. Anything that can happen, does happen. In quantum physics, a particle going from point A to point B takes all possible paths, which are combined in a weighted sum. The highest weighted path is generally the one you'd expect from ordinary classical physics, but not always. If the weights change, the particle can abruptly lurch from one path to another, undergoing a transition that would be impossible in old-fashioned physics. The path integral works so well for particle motion that theorists in the 50s proposed it as a quantum theory of gravity. That meant replacing a single space-time geometry with a bunch of possible shapes. To us, space-time appears to have a single well-defined shape. Near Earth, it's curved just enough that objects tend to orbit the center of our planet. But in quantum gravity, other shapes, including much curvier ones, are latent, and they can make an appearance under the right circumstances. Feynman himself took up this idea in the 60s, and Hawking championed it in the 70s and 80s. But even their considerable genius struggled with how to execute the gravitational path integral, and physicists set it aside in favor of other approaches to quantum gravity. Here's John Preskill of the Caltech Particle Theory Group. 
We never really knew how to define exactly what it is, this path integral for gravitation. And guess what? We still don't. But nevertheless, people are using it in a way which seems quite revealing and interesting. One question is, what are all possible shapes? For Hawking, that meant all topologies. Space-time might nod itself into donut or pretzel-like shapes. The extra connectivity creates tunnels or wormholes between otherwise far-flung places and moments. These come in different types. Spatial wormholes are like the portals beloved of science fiction writers, linking one star system to another. So-called space-time wormholes are little universes that butt off our own and reunite with it sometime later. Astronomers have never seen either type, but general relativity permits these structures, and the theory has a good track record of making seemingly bizarre predictions, such as black holes and gravitational waves, that are later vindicated. Not everyone agreed with Hawking that these exotic shapes belong in the mix, but researchers doing the new analyses of black holes adopted the idea provisionally. They couldn't realistically consider all possible topologies, which are literally uncountable, so they looked at only those that were most important to an evaporating black hole. These are known, for mathematical reasons, as saddle points. They look like fairly placid geometries. In the end, the teams didn't actually perform the full summation of shapes, which was beyond them. They used the path integral mostly as a vehicle to identify the saddle points. The next step was to calculate the entanglement entropy. This quantity is defined as the logarithm of a matrix, an array of numbers. The calculation is difficult in the best of times, but in this case, the physicists didn't actually have the matrix, so they had to perform an operation they couldn't do on a quantity they didn't know. For that, they busted out another math trick. They noticed that entropy doesn't require knowledge of the full matrix. They could instead imagine performing a repeated series of measurements on the black hole and then combining those measurements in a way that retained the knowledge they needed. This so-called replica trick goes back to the study of magnets in the 70s and was first applied to gravity in 2013. One of the authors of the new work, Tom Hartman of Cornell University, compared the replica trick to checking whether a coin is fair. Normally, you'd toss it a bunch of times and see whether it lands on each side with 50-50 probability. But suppose for some reason you couldn't do that. Instead, you toss two identical coins, the replicas, and note how often they land on the same side. If this happens half the time, the coins are fair. Even though you still don't know the individual probabilities, you can make a basic judgment about randomness. This is like not knowing the full matrix for the black hole, but still evaluating its entropy. This trick has real physics in it. The gravitational path integral doesn't distinguish replicas from a real black hole. It takes them literally. This activates some of the latent topologies that the gravitational path integral includes. The result is a new saddle point containing multiple black holes linked by space-time wormholes. It competes for influence with the regular geometry of a single black hole surrounded by a mist of Hawking radiation. The wormholes and the single black hole are inversely weighted by basically how much entanglement entropy they have. Wormholes have a lot, so they receive a low weighting. So they're not important at first, 
But their entropy decreases, whereas that of the Hawking radiation keeps climbing. Eventually, the wormholes become the dominant of the two, and they take over the dynamics of the black hole. The shift from one geometry to the other is impossible in classical general relativity. It's an inherently quantum process. The extra geometric configuration and the transition process that accesses it are the two main discoveries of the analysis. In November of 2019, two teams of physicists posted their work showing that this trick allows them to reproduce the page curve. They confirmed that the radiation spirits away the informational content of whatever falls into the black hole. String theory doesn't need to be true. Still, as sophisticated as the analysis is, it doesn't say how the information makes its getaway. By these calculations, the radiation is rich in information. Somehow, by measuring it, you should be able to learn what fell into the black hole. But how? Theorists in the West Coast group, one of the two teams, imagined sending the radiation into a quantum computer. After all, a computer simulation is itself a physical system. A quantum simulation isn't altogether different from what it's simulating. So the physicists imagine collecting all the radiation, feeding it into a massive quantum computer, and running a full simulation of the black hole. That led to a remarkable twist in the story. Because the radiation is highly entangled with the black hole it came from, the quantum computer, too, becomes highly entangled with the hole. Within the simulation, the entanglement translates into a geometric link between the simulated black hole and the original. Basically, the two are connected by a wormhole. Or in the words of Douglas Stanford, a theoretical physicist at Stanford and a member of the West Coast team, There's the physical black hole, and then there's the simulated one in the quantum computer, and there can be a replica wormhole connecting those. This idea is an example of a proposal by Maldacena and Leonard Susskind of Stanford in 2013 that quantum entanglement can be thought of as a wormhole. The wormhole, in turn, provides a secret tunnel through which information can escape the interior. Theorists have been intensely debating how literally to take all these wormholes. The wormholes are so deeply buried in the equations that their connection to reality seems tenuous, yet they do have tangible consequences. Raghu Mahajan is a physicist at Stanford. As like physicists are mathematically oriented, I would like to think I just do a calculation. And if the calculation gives me a right answer, like that's it, that's the answer. In the Large Hadron Collider, we collide particles and we get some numbers. But we compute those numbers using Feynman diagrams. So are Feynman diagrams physical? You know, you don't literally measure a Feynman diagram in the Large Hadron Collider. Feynman diagrams are a computational tool that you use to compute those numbers. So it's kind of hard to answer what's physical and what's unphysical because there's something clearly right about these wormholes, like they're giving you correct answers for something. But rather than think of the wormholes as actual portals sitting out there in the universe, Mahajan and others speculate that they're a sign of new non-local physics by connecting two distant locations 
Wormholes allow occurrences at one place to affect a distant place directly without a particle, force, or other influence having to cross the intervening distance. That makes this an instance of what physicists call non-locality. In the black hole calculations, the island and radiation are one system seen in two places, which amounts to a failure in the concept of place. Here's Mahajan again. We've always known that some kind of non-local effects have to be involved in gravity, and this is one of them. The fact that things you thought were independent degrees of freedom are not really independent. At first glance, this is surprising. Einstein constructed general relativity with the express purpose of eliminating non-locality from physics. Gravity doesn't reach out across space instantly. It has to propagate from one place to another at finite speed, like any other interaction in nature. But over the decades, it has dawned on physicists that symmetries on which relativity is based create a new breed of non-local effects. Last February, Donald Morolf and Henry Maxfield of UC Santa Barbara studied the non-locality implied by the new black hole calculations. They found that the symmetries of relativity have even more extensive effects than commonly supposed. This may give space-time the hull of mirrors quality seen in the black hole analyses. All of this reinforces many physicists' hunch that space-time is not the root level of nature, but instead emerges from some underlying mechanism that is not spatial or temporal. To many, that was the main lesson of the ADS-CFT duality. The new calculations say much the same thing, but without committing to the duality or to string theory. Wormholes crop up because they are the only language the path integral can use to convey that space is breaking down. Their geometry's way of saying the universe is ultimately non-geometric. Physicists not involved in the work, or even in string theory, say they're impressed, but still skeptical. But some feel uneasy about the idealizations used in the analysis, such as the restriction of the universe to less than three spatial dimensions. The previous wave of excitement over the path integral in the 80s, driven by Hawking's work, fizzled out in part because theorists weren't fond of the accumulation of approximations. Are today's physicists falling into the same trap? Some argue that wormholes need to be expressly forbidden if the integral is to give sensible results. Skeptics also worry that the authors have overinterpreted the replica trick. In supposing that replicas can be connected gravitationally, the authors go beyond past invocations of the maneuver. Steve Giddings of UC Santa Barbara says they're postulating that all geometries connecting different replicas are allowed, but it's not clear how that fits into the framework of quantum rules. Given the uncertainties of the calculation, some are unconvinced that a solution is available within semi-classical theory. Among them, Nick Warner of the University of Southern California. The thing that's very important to take away is that what people are doing I don't think anybody's saying what everybody else is doing is wrong. It really is the blind men and the elephant story. Everybody's got a bit of the thing, and everybody's got some part of it, and you know, we're trying to sort of figure out from each other's bits what the whole elephant looks like. I must admit, though, I'm skeptical about people who just take the bits based on three-dimensional 
general relativity theory and quantum mechanics. I think that's missing huge parts of the puzzle. Warner has championed models in which stringy effects prevent black holes from forming in the first place. But the upshot is broadly similar. Space-time undergoes a phase transition to a very different structure. Skepticism is warranted. The recent work is complicated and raw. It'll take time for physicists to digest it and either find a fatal flaw in the arguments or become convinced that they work. Even the physicists behind the efforts didn't expect to resolve the information paradox without a full quantum theory of gravity. They thought the paradox was their fulcrum for prying out the more detailed theory. Here's MIT's Netta Engelhart. If you had asked me two years ago, I would have said the page curve that's a long way away. We're going to need some kind of non-perturbative understanding of quantum gravity that's direct in order to calculate it. That felt very, very miraculous that we could do this. But if the new calculations stand up to scrutiny, do they really close the door on the black hole information paradox? The recent work shows exactly how to calculate the page curve, which in turn reveals that information gets out of the black hole. So it would seem as though the information paradox has been overcome. The theory of black holes no longer contains a logical contradiction that makes it paradoxical. But in terms of making sense of black holes, this is at most the end of the beginning. Theorists still haven't mapped the step-by-step -step process whereby information gets out. Matt Carlstrom helped with this episode. I'm Susan Vallett. For more on this story, read George Musser's full article, The Most Famous Paradox in Physics Nears Its End, on our website, quantamagazine.org. Kick off your 2021 reading by exploring the mysteries of science with the quanta book Alice and Bob Meet the Wall of Fire, published by the MIT Press. Available now at Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, or your local bookstore.